Hey everyone, my name is Brenda Patrick. That's Sophie Green eating... What is it again? It's Cheese Kugel. Cheese Kugel, and you're listening to the Super Lip Podcast. Happy Hanukkah! <laughs> oh my god, it's Hanukkah! Happy Hanukkah! I mean, we'll have eight candles going by the end of the week. That's the plan. Perfect. The Superlit Podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining about books about the LGBT community. Hello, Sophie. Hello. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. On the first night of Hanukkah, we read The Charm Offensive. Containing no Jewish characters. <laughs> no. That we know of. Uh, yeah. The book is The Charm Offensive by Allison. Is it Cochran? That's how I would pronounce it. Yeah, that's. I think that's right. I already tweeted about this book. It made me cry. It did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm a baby. You little sappy baby. Yeah, big sappy baby. Um, goddamn books about people who are so into true love or whatever. It hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Disney person, and I didn't really watch like growing up the movies about the princesses. But goddamn, if I am not one of them. I'm a princess. You can't stop me. <laughs> um, all right. Let me read the back of the book. Also, I love how pink this is. Ooh, it's like um, bright, Pantone bright red, mm-hmm. but like slightly less saturated. Yeah, it's, I really like it. And I, it really does really you in for what's about to happen. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Yeah, if you can, look at the book cover. If you don't have it in front of you, Google it, whatever it takes. Um, it's a cute cover. I, I think it really does get you um, locked in for what's about, <laughs> about to be a journey for you. But the real love story happens behind the scenes. Devdish Pandey has always believed in fairy tales, so it's no wonder he spent his career crafting them on the long-running reality dating show Ever After. As the show's most successful producer in the franchise's history... Dev always scripts the perfect love story for his contestants, even as his own love life crashes and burns. But then the show cast disgraced tech wonderkind Charlie Winshaw as its star. Charlie is far from the romantic Prince Charming Ever After expects. He doesn't believe in true love and agreed to appear on the show only as a last-ditch effort to rehabilitate his image. In front of the cameras, he's a stiff, anxious mess with no idea how to date 20 women on national television. Same. Who, who knows? Yeah, what? <laughs> I wouldn't know how to do that either. Give me 20 men to date on national television, I would not know what to do. I'm also really bad with names, so Just that would put be... put me in a room with 20, 20 people. <laughs> there could be 20 do. people in a room. <laughs> Name a woman. No. <laughs> As Dev fights to get Charlie to connect with the contestants on a whirlwind world, worldwide tour... They begin to open up to each other, and Charlie realizes he has better chemistry with Dev than his co-stars. 
but even reality TV has a script, and in order to find their way to happily ever after, they'll have to reconsider whose love story gets told and why. Um, fuck me up, this book. <laughs> uh, it was I, so cute. It really was. I, I think we haven't read, like, a proper, like, gooey, ooey, like, rom-com in a bit. This is the closest thing we've read to, like, a romance novel, for sure. Mm-hmm. That isn't just, like, a Harlequin romance novel. Yeah, because there wasn't, like... It faded to black eventually. <laughs> there was a hand. <laughs> there wasn't a hand with it. Hello, mm-hmm. Shadow. Um, yeah, I... I wasn't expecting it to do, like, the fade to black thing, because it was adults. Yeah. Um, and it kind of gave us a bit of, like, sexiness, but mm-hmm. it was um, not... Uh, like the last book we read, which I, I think had much more graphic sex. Yes. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> you're, you're, the way you panicked. My brain was buffering. Hold on. Um, and I think the, like, the first note I had in this was, I wrote one note specifically about Just the book. Just one note. Just one. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> Sophie. Mm-hmm. You break up with someone you've been with for six years and you've lived with them. Uh-huh. You only take the commem- commemorative mugs and DVDs? Yeah. I made a poll about this on the Superlit Podcast <laughs> Twitter because I was so like, wait, he got what? Mm-hmm. Um, I would absolutely take the PlayStation. Yeah. I'm okay with maybe not getting the apartment, but like, I don't think anyone should get the apartment. Yeah. Everyone should move out. Mm-hmm. You want to stay in a place that you, like, stayed with someone for six years in? I don't know how that long they lived in that apartment for, but... That um, sounds bad. Yeah, so right at the beginning of the book, you find out that, like, when um, Dev was broken up with by his ex, Ryan, he moved out of the apartment they lived in, and Ryan got the apartment and the PlayStation 5 and all of the furniture. Which makes it sound like Dev left with, a bo- like, a singular box of DVDs and cups. He fully... Um, under the Tuscan sun and just took one box of books with him and that's it. I just, to me, that sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have any other belongings? You didn't want anything that reminded him of Ryan. Yeah, that's true. I guess that makes sense now that I'm hearing that. I just would be so mad that I didn't get any of those other things. Mm-hmm. Also, a PlayStation 5? A honey, PlayStation honey 5? go back and steal that. <laughs> he doesn't play video games. It was a it was a house gift, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Dev's ex boyfriend was a an asshole. Who's not? He, mm, I think he gets a little bit of a redemption arc, but he's definitely didn't seem like a nice person. No, he just seemed like they weren't right for each other, and yeah. they did do a little bit of redeeming for him, and some of that is on Dev for not allowing people in. Um. But another another thing in this book that I liked a lot of was, uh, which I think also happened in the last book too, there was like a large conversation about mental health mm-hmm. surrounding like queer adults. Mm-hmm. We're not that much younger than us. Right. Which mm-hmm. I thought was really nice considering that like we, that doesn't really come up in a lot of the books that we read because I guess within the YA realm it's not something that's discussed as much. Right. Um, but, uh... There was a conversation about OCD, about anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and about, like, the need to maybe, like, get your mental health straightened out. 
mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. I also didn't like having my wig ripped off throughout this book multiple yeah. times. Um, it's not great. Um, how dare Allison do this to me? Absolutely ripped off. Yeah, Allison, I thought we had an agreement we wouldn't make Brendan feel like he needs to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I guess not. I really like the way that this book handled mental health issues because yeah. I think they had a really good conversation about, like, what's, like, general anxiety and just, like, kind of day-to-day stuff that everyone sort of deals with. And then, like, um... More Charlie, clinical? I forgot the f- character's name. Oh. I got him an asshole. Um, Charlie, like, talks about how he's, like, he has, like, l- he literally has, like, diagnosed OCD... Like, he makes a point of being like, no, I have OCD, not like, oh, the room's not organized enough for me to be like, no, I literally... Oh, my pen cup needs to be organized. Yeah, clinical OCD that I was yeah. diagnosed with at 12, and then, like, a um, panic disorder, like, a panic anxiety disorder, and then, like, Dev is, like, sort of, like, armchair, like, diagnosed with depression, but he, like, definitely has, like, some sort of depression that is addressed. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. The only thing I didn't like about this book, mm-hmm. or, like, my only, like, critique of it, I think was, like, I liked that because, so this is, like, a gay panic book, mm-hmm. so, like, one of the characters definitely is, like, having revelations and is, like, processing throughout the book. It's not, like, no one, like, some of the characters, the majority, actually, all of the other characters that are gay in the book or on the queer spectrum are, like, very, like solidly like where they are Mm -hmm. charlie's going through a crisis um and there's like multiple points in the book where different characters like well you could be this and this and you could be like this and like you could like label yourself as this and this but you also don't have to label yourself but also like it seems like you fit into these categories and that felt like a little bit like after school special like it was very (laughs) like it wasn't bad Mm -hmm. but it was very like here's a chart of all of the different, like, sexualities that you could be, and it was, like, very informative. Mm -hmm. Which is, like, I guess a way that someone could have that conversation, but that was, like, the only part where I was, like, this feels, like, a little too, like... Are you talking to a teenager? Yeah, like, I'm explaining this to the audience, who who I'm aware that is reading the book that I'm writing about these characters. That was, like, the only point in the book that I, like, felt like that, because the rest of it, I think, was really handled well, Mm -hmm. and the nuance of, like, all the mental health stuff was really good, but that was, like, the only thing that stood out to me, was, like, there's, like, one or two scenes where that happens, and I was kind of like, okay, (laughs) I get it, like, Mm -hmm. you're trying to explain this, and it's definitely, like, I could see someone reading this, and, like, reading that, and being like, oh... Let me, like, look into this more and, like, yeah. learn more about this thing. But also, like, it was just, like, a little bit yeah. clunky. I'm one of those people that um, likes those because that's kind of how I found out about, like, Demi Boys and with Love Felix, that, or Felix Ever After, I should say, that um, that was handled, like, differently with the way that that was, like, spelled out. Yeah. But I think with this... Yeah, that was, I, like, mentioned, but yeah. then it, like, left you the room to do yeah. research on your own. This one felt very much like, all right, kids, we're going to learn some new words today. Yeah. I kind of love that stuff because I feel like I don't look at, like, outside of my spe- my spectrum too, too often in uh-huh. terms of, like, what there is. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I kind of like when I, like, learn new terms and it could be something that I already know or mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, yes, this is a thing. Um... But I totally also see, like, the point of, like, oh, this is just, like, hey, let's let's look at the audience. 
Yeah. I can see that. It wasn't... I'm the audience in that way. It wasn't bad, per se. It was just, <laughs> yeah. like, a little clunky. That was, like, mm-hmm. the only part of the book that felt like it was, like, self-aware that it was a book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, that's literally, like, the only, like... Mm-hmm. That's, like, the only critique, and it's very, like, mild. Yeah. yeah. It's just <laughs> gently. So... Scratch, so, scratch his way. 10 out of 10. Otherwise. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, I can totally see that. And I think also, like, I, I forgot the phrase gay panic. Gay panic. It's a gay panic book. I had one of those long ago. It's been a while since we've read a gay panic book. Yeah. Um, I like adults having gay I panic. I love, I love when older characters have gay panic. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's... Give me, like, a 45-year-old with having, like, a, a sexuality crisis yeah. invested. I would love to know about Skylar. It, it was Skylar, right? That mm-hmm. was, like, older than everyone. Mm-hmm. That was like, yeah, I mean, I was married to a man, and he he was perfectly fine, but then uh, I wasn't. <laughs> but then I was like, wait, what if I, what if I wasn't? Yeah, what, but what if? Um, I kind of really liked that. Mm-hmm. Also... This is funny to me, and I'm sure it'll be funny to someone else that will be listening to this, but a woman named Maureen being (laughs) the villain (laughs) is very funny to me in a personal way. It was such a good name. Um, That is a really good name. Wait, okay, also... It just happens to be funny for me specifically. I I realized this halfway through the book, Mm. and then I couldn't unsee it. That, so so the whole premise of the book is that, like, Dev is the producer of basically, like, a Bachelor franchise, mm-hmm. and Charlie's the Bachelor of that season, so he's, like, paired up with 20 women, and he's, like, trying to get him to, quote-unquote, fall in love, and then the, like, contractual obligation of him is by mm-hmm. the end of the season, he will be engaged to one of these women, mm-hmm. and, like, one of the only women, there's, like, a handful of them, but one of the women that he, like, general, genuinely bonds with. Not on, like, a romantic level, but just, like, they become close because also, like, the producers are pushing them together because she, like, fits the role really well. Oh, Daphne? Daphne. Oh, my God. Okay, her full name is Daphne Reynolds. Is that Daphne from Scooby-Doo? No, that's Amanda Bynes' character from What a Girl Wants. (laughs) No! (laughs) And I couldn't, as soon as I realized, I was like, Daphne Reynolds is definitely another character name. I can, like, what is it from? What is it from? And then it just, like, hit me. I was like, fuck. So the whole time I was like, oh, so Amanda Bynes is in this movie. <laughs> in this movie. In this book. Yeah. I couldn't unthink it. Yeah. I thought it. I kept thinking it was Scooby-Doo related. And, like, Daphne in Scooby-Doo is actually not dumb. And she's very smart. But she... Because she, she is. Yeah. She just falls into the hole of, like, oh, she's dumb and pretty. No. She's that's actually Fred. quite... Yeah, that's Fred. <laughs> Fred is the himbo. Daphne is just pretty and not dumb. But, yeah, I think reading this, I was just like, oh my god, I need to, like, do I like The Bachelorette? Yeah. Do I like The Bachelor? Am I supposed to like them? Yeah, because I'm, like, now wondering if I would like those television shows. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like, feel like I would like The Bachelor, but it also, I know that it's, like, it's so much it's such a commitment because there's like yeah. multiple hour episodes yeah on multiple days in a week i can't so to like watch it you have to mm-hmm. watch like 10 hours of television or something insane because they literally like show you everything yeah so 
I know that it, it for sure is, like, way too much. Especially if you, like, fall behind it all, you're screwed. You miss something. Like, what do you mean Angie got into a fight with Megan? Yeah. Yeah, that was the kind of thing, like, I think also because <laughs> this is, like, a book that, like, is spelling out what's going on in the background because you can see it before the viewers can. Right. Like, there's a point where the villain of the season is Megan. Yes. Um, when... She, like, confronts Charlie near the end of the book. She's still there. And she, she, he gets really close to her. He sees that, like, she's not sleeping well because Mm -hmm. he can, like, see through her, like, concealer. Yeah. Because she's so close to him. That, like, she's not sleeping well. She's clearly very stressed out. She's lost weight. Yeah. And it's, like, the stress of the show isn't just affecting him. It's affecting all of the contestants in a way that, like... They're actors on a show that aren't actors. None of those people are actors. Right. Um, A lot of them are, like, YouTubers or, like, uh, Miss America pageant, like, contestant winners or, like, someone just trying to revive their brand, if you will. Um, They're also incredibly stressed out. Yeah. And I think seeing that written about the contestants, like, humanizes them in such a way that, like, I if I was in Charlie's shoes and I realized that, like, I'm not for any of these, like, very nice women. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, here, like, I realize that, like, I'm in love with a, a guy here. Yeah. I, I, that would make me panic as well. Because it's like, wait, what goes on? So, like, the whole book is, like, them, at a certain point, is them trying to figure out, like, what they can do. Mm-hmm. Like, do, will they have a relationship after the show? Right. Will um, Charlie get, like, engaged to Daphne? Mm-hmm. Like, what will go on? And, like, that, like, the entire time I was reading this book, I was so stressed because of that. Because I was like, wait, they have to have a happy ending. They have to. This book is too pink and too happy looking for there not to be a happy ending. For heartbreak? Yeah, for actual heartbreak. And I thought there, I I 100% thought there was at one point because it takes a turn quite close to the end of the book. And I was like, oh my god. We get our third act breakup and it's. Devastating. It's really <laughs> devastating. I was absolutely so upset. I feel like that's like when your favorite contestant of RuPaul's goes home. Anytime a door, like anytime a door, if a door's any, upset, I'm yeah, upset. Yeah, truly. I remember when she didn't win her season. I looked at my friend James. We were at the bar. And he was like, "You knew she wasn't going to win." It was, and I was like, actually upset. That's the only contestant uh-huh. that I've ever felt so attached to in that way that because I was like actually it's you. Obs- yeah because you are a door yes you're you're the same yeah. yeah like I just felt so attached yeah and like that truly felt like I can imagine someone like watching The Bachelorette they like fall in love with someone right and it's just like they're not written in to win right and it's just like well they also do that all the time where they will see someone who mm-hmm. is like popular yeah with like audiences but they don't want them to win and so then that's keep usually the next Bachelor, yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, really difficult. And I can't, I cannot imagine putting myself through watching shows like this, like, over and over again. Or oh, even yeah. being in one. That sounds like a nightmare, to be honest. At the beginning of the book, I was like, oh, this sounds like something I could do. Obviously, yeah. I wouldn't be doing that right now. But the idea of, like going on a Bachelor show mm-hmm. um, doesn't sound awful, but at the same time, it, it does at, at exactly the same time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I just... The, like, meet cute in this 
like right at the beginning when they like finally meet. <laughs> what? And Charlie throws up. Oh yeah, there's a lot of throws. There's a lot of vomit in this book. Like not in a weird way, but just like Charlie has anxiety and gets panic attacks, and he vomits sometimes when he gets too anxious. Yeah. And the amount of times that he like threw up, and then like Dev is like like, trying to button. He's like, oh, I have to break up the fight. I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. No, but like the okay, the amount of times that like he throws up and then as like a panic response and then Mm -hmm. like Dev is trying to like calm him down. I'm like, if they kiss or anything happens where it like anything happens. Yeah. And they don't like say something about him going to brush his teeth, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw up. Yeah. I I was so scared of that happening. It doesn't, but I was so nervous. So one point, like near the end. Dev says, like, oh, and you threw up that first night and you had vomit in your chin dimple. Yeah. I was like, how is that cute? But, like, I could also imagine, like, you looking at someone that is just, like, your person. And maybe just being like, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, no, they're hot. (laughs) But, yeah, I... (laughs) There's so many throw-up scenes in the book. Um, (laughs) Too many! I just... I love, I just, I think I, like, truly loved this book in a way that was just, like, was unexpected. Yeah. Um, because I, I like romance books, but, like, I didn't, I guess because it was so drawn out, and you know I hate, like, when they kiss it's on the last favorite. page. my favorite. I hate it when it's drawn out. But it and wasn't it, even drawn out that much. No, it wasn't, it wasn't at all in this book. Like, I felt like no. it went at a good pace. Yeah. Um, I loved the sub-characters. Did you love Charlie's Assistant? I loved her. Yeah. She was fantastic. I'm trying to think of, like, she might... mm, I think she might have been my favorite. I I love, like, a sassy side character. Mm Mm-hmm. That's just kind of, like, there to make the, like, himbo embarrassed. Yes. Yeah. And he was truly... He is, like, so... I don't want to call him a himbo, but he kind of is... Well, but he's, he's so like not smart. because he's yeah. like literally he's supposed to be like a tech genius. He's yeah. like I don't even he's he has like a non-distinct like app empire like mm-hmm. somewhat adjacent. But they never yeah. describe. They point. don't really go into it. You just kind of like assume he's like a really famous tech bro. Mm-hmm. I'm glad um, they don't fully describe it because I feel like it would probably lean too close to Facebook or something like that. They do name drop Mark Zuckerberg at some point. Yeah. I can't remember why, but it's definitely like... It was when, a bad thing. Yeah, they're definitely like, fuck this guy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I like that because it is like, it's definitely like a... Um, not like a not like a cheat, but it's like an easy way to get a, some story mechanics because mm. if one of your characters is just like insanely rich, yeah, they can just make things happen oh, really yeah. easily. Uh-huh. Where they're just like, oh yeah, I just paid for this thing to happen, and mm-hmm. it's like very sweet and it all pays off well. But it's kind of like in like teen shows where like the parents are dead or have like. Oh, they work so hard. Like, they're just mm-hmm. always out of the house. It's like, well, now the teens can go solve murder mysteries yeah. or whatever because their parents are gone. Mm-hmm. Let me give one of my characters insane wealth so that they can just yeah. do whatever. Or a character is missing from their sister's wedding because they're <laughs> wherever. And they don't, they, that doesn't cause a family fight. No, not even sure. once. <laughs> I bet. Not even once. Um,. Yeah, I kind of, like, like, also, like, I, 
I feel like they describe how wealthy Charlie is at one point. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, I felt like it felt like there were believable limitations to that where he, like, didn't want to just spend money for no reason. Right, because the beginning of the book starts with him being, like, I'm gonna leave because he panics. And they're, like, okay, but you sign a contract. And he's, like, well, I'll buy my way out of the contract. And they're, like, yeah, it's, like, millions of dollars. He's, like, yeah, I'll buy my way out of the contract. Like, he's, like, unblinkingly, like, I could afford that and I'll be okay. I like that he was, like, I think I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, he's, Uh like, no, that'll be fine. I'll do that. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just move some things around. Yeah. He's so liquid. I'll sell one stock. <laughs> yeah, just one of my own stock. Um, but he never... That's the only time he comes across it, and it's just right when we're introduced to him. Mm-hmm. It's the only time it comes across as, like, gross rich person. Yeah. Other than... I don't think the concert was a gross rich person. It was, like... I think... I think they were going to do anywhere in the show. He just happened to fix it to be different. Yeah, I think he, like, is implied to, like, dress very nicely, and he has, like, a lot of, like, designer clothes and stuff, and it kind of, but he doesn't, like, it's not necessarily because he, like, cares about that, it's just kind of like, oh, this is nice, a nice thing, and I can afford this, so I'm gonna buy the nice thing that makes, that's made out of the good material. I like also the thing that happened in the book. People always expect, like, out queer people to, like, dress a specific way. Um, yeah. And Dev... So, Charlie's not out because he he doesn't know that he's queer. Right. And because he didn't think he would ever find love in his life. Right. Which hurts. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And then Dev is, like, out queer, I guess. It's, like, not, like, in the closet or anything. Right. And he wears cargo shorts, flip-flops... And, like, two big t-shirts. Um, uh-huh. And, like, doesn't necessarily take care of himself in any way, shape, or form. No. Um, oh, yeah. Charlie does, like, regular, like, skincare. Yeah. And he's always doing, like, little face masks. He's always doing face masks. Yeah. Uh, he, so, it's just, <laughs> I like that that was switched. Yeah. Because I think that people perceive, like, out queer people as, like, oh, you definitely have a 12-step skincare routine. And, like, you're fit. Mm-hmm. And, like however media likes to push, like, gay people as, um, it's like you're really put together visually, if yeah. you will. Probably not mentally, but at least when you look at a queer person, a, yeah. gay, a gay man specifically, they're so put together, and yeah. they have the right shoes. Well, that's also, like, an, De- an, an De- inverse stereotype yeah. where, like, if a man does take care of himself, even remotely, people are like, oh. He must be gay. He's gay yeah. then, <laughs> yeah. because he has basic hygiene. Yeah. He Oops. probably showers and take and washes his legs. He has separate shampoo and body wash and conditioner. It's not a three in one. And they actually do mention that he has separate body wash <laughs> and shampoo and conditioner. Thank God. Um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting because I know that like media that is specifically about like queer men, if they start mentioning like the way they dress, it's either. They dress so, so well, and they know Alexander McQueen's, like, next, like, runway. They already have it purchased. Or they yeah. dress like a slob. I, I, I mean, <laughs> Which I mean is correct. Yeah, that's, that's how it is, though. Um, I just liked that the out person was just like, I dress, like, I need my cargo shorts because I need to be able to stuff, um, 
whatever from the crafty table. I the craft it's, table. It's practical. Yeah, he's yeah. got like he also got like microphone bits and like yeah. random like things. Got bits and bobs. Yeah, he needs the cargo shorts for work. Yeah, I hate cargo shorts. I just. Uh, I don't mind them, but like I know specifically, like in my head, I was picturing like the, like, late nineties, early two thousands cargo shorts that are like over the long enough to be over the knee yes. and like not they don't fit. They're too big. Not this image. No, on the cover he's cute. He's he looks so put together and he doesn't jeans. have glasses. He's supposed to be a lot taller than Charlie too. He's, he's taller thing. and skinny. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but. He definitely, the, the flip-flops killed me. Mm-hmm. If you're not actively on a beach, don't be wearing flip-flops. Get out of my house. Not even once? No. If mm. you're not currently on the beach or on your way to a beach, do not wear flip-flops. Okay. Noted. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Get, Get some, some help. help. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think I really like the cast and characters. I think if this was a movie, I would 100% get, like, tickets to it. Also, Dev is, like, a writer, and he wants to, like, sell his script. That's kind of, like, how he became, like, he fell into the world of Ever After. Uh-huh. Um, because he wanted to be able to, like, get his, you know, foot in the door. Right. And the director of the show, the producer, whatever she is, Maureen, she was like, oh, yeah, I'll take a look at it, but I'm busy right now. Right. Which is, like, so, that's so believable. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But I think I was just, like, super excited to read this. I felt like even though I just started a new job, so I felt like I was having a hard time focusing on, like, things around. This was just, like, something I could, like, fully focus on. It's so cute, yeah. It's very cute. Um, I'm sad it ended. I when I was going to bed last night because I just finished it. Uh huh. Um, I was thinking about it when I was going to bed. Um, and it just it, like seems really nice. And I just I liked the way it ended. I liked the fights as much as you know I didn't like them, but I liked. You and know. the tension was really good, which is like a thing yeah. that. I tend to like if I have find like an issue with any kind of like romantic book or something that's like more focused on like a love story rather than like a plot and that's kind of like a side Mm -hmm. is that like there's always like a structure to it so it's usually like a meet cute or like some kind of interaction and like depending where it's going Mm -hmm. there's like a build up to a relationship and then usually a relationship and then like third act climax like breakup or like something happens like something goes wrong and then you kind of have to like go down and like I felt like I feel like sometimes I read stuff and it's like unearned and it's just like they're the characters are breaking up or they're fighting because that's what happens at this part of the book and it doesn't feel like natural to the book like yeah but this like the whole book had like the tension was like slowly building and obviously like there's kind of like a ticking clock on their entire relationship because Mm -hmm. like from day one they meet they know that, like, Charlie's supposed to be engaged to, like, one of these women by the end of the show. So that's kind of, like, the timeline of the book follows that. And I like that. Also, a nice thing, the chapter dividers are... So it goes back and forth between Dev and Charlie's perspectives. The chapter dividers are... um, They're, like, the the notes for the episode. Mm. So it's, like, story notes for editors. And, like, some of them are from Maureen, and she's, like... Why the fuck did we even film this? Get mm-hmm. cut this entire scene. It's bullshit. Oh yeah. And I just think that's so funny because it 
you don't see a lot of her character on the like in the book, mm-hmm. but when she's there, it's never good. Mm-hmm. She's never once good. Mm-hmm. And it just, I think the fighting in the book is like it hurts, but it's like it's su- such good plot, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's believable. Also, like the conversations about like the people in the book thinking that, like, they don't deserve love or they can't, like, open up correctly. Mm-hmm. Not correctly, but they can't open up to their partners. Or that, like, when things get serious, things are, like, people are pushed away. Um, I feel like so many people can relate to that. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's, like, self-sabotage in this specific way is so relatable. I feel like we've all kind of done that before. Where it's like, wait, I'm happy. And you don't realize that you're, like, self-destructing super hard, but Mm -hmm. you are. Yeah. Um, And I I just, I felt like the characters in this book were really relatable. I really do like the way that the mental health topics were discussed. Yes. Um, I really liked, you mentioned this before when Charlie, like, spoke about his OCD. It's Mm -hmm. never, like, in a, like, bad, it's not never, like, written bad. Yeah. And... Like, after that conversation happens, like, there are parts where, like, mental health are discussed with other people, or, like, the word crazy is thrown around, and it, like, obviously triggers Charlie. Oh, yeah. It's, like, definitely, they address, like, kind of the stigma of that Mm -hmm. um, word, and also, like, the just stigma of, like, mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just really liked the way it was handled. A lot of the things in this book were handled really well. Um, Allison is a high school English teacher... Um, I feel like I would come out to her. Yeah. Like, I feel like she seems, just, like, from the work that, like, she understands, like, how people should be treated. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, a, um, they spoke about, like, in the author notes, like, sometimes writing the thing makes you realize that you're the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, to go full pretentious gay for a minute here... Oscar Wilde said life is far more likely to imitate art than artists to imitate life. In the case of this book and my writing process, he was absolutely correct. When I started writing this book in 2019, I hadn't come out as gay yet. It was only through writing Charlie's journey towards self-love that I was also able to write my own. In 2019, I also wasn't in therapy and had been ignoring the gravity of my mental health needs for years by overworking myself. Once I realized Deb's story could also end with him choosing to get emotionally healthy, did I expect except that I needed to make the same choice for myself. Um, yeah, remember when I told you that this book made me cry? Mm-hmm. The author's note really did it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, the like the self-admission of just, like, writing about these characters made me realize, like, who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt nice. It's just, like, so nice to hear people talk about that. And I think that's, like, so important, especially to have that resource, like, as a high schooler, like, a teacher who, like, is out and, or, like, maybe not at work, but, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like that's such an important resource to have, someone that's, like, aware of how people are. Yes. Um, it's just really nice. I'm really glad we picked this book up. This has the energy of, like, this, it definitely, um... I don't think it ends, like, on a cliffhanger, necessarily, yeah. but it ends on, like, a, like, oh, this could be, like, a series. Like, yeah. we could continue this, because mm-hmm. it, the way it, like, leaves off, it kind of leaves, like, secondary characters open-ended, yeah. which is usually, like, a good place to start for, like, a series for, like, books in this kind of genre. Yeah. Because they'll 
I can see Daphne getting a story. Daphne getting her own book, yeah, and then maybe, like, even Angie, I feel like. Oh my god, Angie was fucking wild! (laughs) I loved her! She needed some, she needed more screen time, in my opinion. She's the woman in the background that screams, he needs some milk. Get him some milk! Um, honestly, so many good characters in this book. Um, the strife that happens in this book is really good, and obviously it sucks to read, but it's also just, like, really... Oh, God. It's just, like, the payoff for this book is so good. I feel like I just needed that. Yeah. <laughs> I needed some romance some from this romance. book. After the, like, the last book, I felt like I just, like, wanted some just, like, just romance. Just romance. Yeah. yeah. And, like, self-discovery. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> New York's hottest book is The Charm Offensive. Oh, my God. It's got self-discovery. It's got 20 women trying to date one man. It's <laughs> It's got, it, wait, am I falling in love with my producer? Wait a minute. In theory, it has that, but I also feel like it doesn't. It doesn't. Because <laughs> they, I mean, that's kind of what, like, um, I feel like books, uh, not books, TV shows like that are mm-hmm. like, where you, like, they don't necessarily, like, yeah, there's 20 women in the room, but you can tell, like, you can see even from the beginning, like, oh, these are the ones, like, that are definitely more serious that are probably going to be, like, in the top five. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that are, like, not serious, but they're entertaining for any reason. Yeah, and the producers Angie. will keep them on the show. Yeah. yeah. And then these guys are going to be gone by, like, the first week. So, like, it definitely... Yeah, so it's, like... It has the same energy as, like, a Bachelor show because you can, like, spot the main characters immediately and you're, like, mm. technically there's 20 women... But there's really only, like, five or six that you were going to care about, like, in, yeah. a, in a very short time. Yeah, I feel I feel like this really delivered. I would be curious if Allison is a big Bachelor or Bachelorette watcher. I mean, I feel like you sort of have to be, though. I guess they don't really go into Toonie. And, it, like, the... Ver- the th- the version of the show, mm-hmm. like, the version of the the reality show that's in the book is, like, extremely exaggerated. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they do, like, challenges or, like, they do, like, weird mm-hmm. dates sometimes It on feels Bachelor. like Flavor of Love mixed with, like, a RuPaul's Drag Race in the way that it's, like, there, or even Charm School. Yeah. Where there are, like, challenges. Yeah. And then, like, at the end, they're, like, the challenge that they do has, like, no real relation to... Like, Charlie. Yeah. But, like, some of them do. Like, the love potion challenge. Like, obviously, like, there's a specific outcome for this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, like, some of them didn't, like... We also didn't get, like, full descriptions of all of them. Right. But, um... I feel like there weren't enough puzzle challenges, which would have made sense for pu- <laughs> puzzing. <laughs> There, there weren't, yeah, they needed more Survivor-adjacent talent. Yeah, which I know would fall, you would love that. Yeah, um, I need people to, like, run out to a platform that's, like, in the middle of the ocean, mm-hmm. bring back the four bags of sand, and then they have to dig through the sandbags to find the keys that'll open the box that has all the puzzle pieces in it, mm-hmm. and then once you, like, make the puzzle, you can figure out what the words spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I did like the mention of one of the challenges in the past was the women having to uh, go skiing in bikinis in the middle of winter. That it fucked me up. That's what I was like. This show's too stupid. I would absolutely watch it. Yes. I can absolutely see Dev liking to watch it because it sounds entertaining. Yeah. And also like his parents being like, no, what the f- Stop. Stop it. No. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah, I just love Dev describing himself as like his heart is too big for his body. It's so cute. Ugh. Yeah, honestly, so, so much good in here. Do you have anything else you want to add? I said that, um, so I'm trying to do the thing for every episode that, like, when we do a book, I, like, mention a song that this reminds me of. There's a band called, um, Half Alive, um, that I really like. They're, like, kind of indie-ish. They just put out a song called Hot Tea, and it's, like, a song that's, like, very full of, like, yearning, and it's, like, I just want to, like, fall asleep in a garden at your feet. Just, Uh like, I can't keep losing you. Oh, no. And it, it felt like, it feels like this. That, did Charlie write it? It's it like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> it, feel, it just felt really good, and I've been listening to it on the way home from work, and it just feels like you're running through a field looking for someone. Yeah. It it's feels me. like that. I'm looking for Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for a man that's shorter than me. Yes. Absolutely. Um, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was very good. It was very sweet. It was definitely cheesy, but, like, in the yeah. best way possible. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel, like, cringy in any no, way. No, it was, like, no, it was, like, a good rom-com. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, you know that it's, like, you're. it's gonna be a good time, and it's gonna mm-hmm. be, like, cute. And it was just, like, a nice book. It was definitely, um, it was definitely a fun read. Yeah. I had a good time. I had a great time. I feel like... If you're looking for, like, a cute romance book that, like, is just, like, I feel, like, really rewarding to read, I feel like you should add this to your list of books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so glad we picked this up. It was so cute. Yeah. All right. I don't think we have anything else to add. Nothing um, that isn't spoilers, like, major spoilers for the end end, so. Yeah. We don't want to we'll, do that. We're not going to talk about that. Mm-mm. We'll talk about that off camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take the mics off and oh talk about it. <laughs> that is one thing I thought was going to happen. More. Oh my god, wait, no, I need to talk about that. I can't believe yeah. I forgot. Okay, I'm sorry. My only, my second critique is the book, and it's not even like a critique because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it drove me nuts mm-hmm. because the very fucking beginning of the book, Char- they're like, when they first try to shoot the first scene, and like Dev pulls Charlie aside talking about something. And I can't even remember what he says, but he says something, and Dev is, like, so adamant. Oh, you can touch, like... He's, like, he's, like, don't... You can touch me anywhere. Yeah, and he's, like, you can't say shit like that, because, like, that'll be taken out of context and put into a different scene. He's, like, you have a hot mic right now, which means that your mic is, like, on, and you're close enough to all the equipment that it's still picking you up, and it's recording you. Blah, 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 blah. Chekhov's hot mic was in fucking the first part of the book. And we never got, like, a reveal of that later. Like, there wasn't a moment. Mm -hmm. And maybe that would have been, like, too predictable. Because it was definitely, like, hey, we're being recorded at all times. And Mm -hmm. we're also having, like, a secret romance. Yeah. But I was, like, waiting for the fucking moment where they, like, start... They pulled, like... Like, they had Dev, like, pulled into the room with the producers. And they're, like, what the fuck is this? And they, like, played audio of of him and, like, Charlie talking about something. And they had to, like, write it off as something else. Yeah. I think the bathroom... That didn't fucking happen. The one bathroom scene, wink, wink, um, where I think that's kind of... Because it happens in front of everyone, I think that's kind of the one that they attach that to. 
Yeah. But there was never, like, a moment of, like... For the mic, yeah. The, yeah, that was, that was the only thing. I was like, you can't plant that <laughs> in the beginning of the book and then, like, not have follow-through. I'm so glad it doesn't happen, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> that would have been too much! It would have... But it would have It would have been sense. right. It would have made sense. That's but not, it would have okay. been, it been too much thing. for me. I forgot about that. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. You're welcome. All right, now I'm done talking. Never say anything when you have a mic <laughs> on you, everyone. They will absolutely use it. Mm-hmm. I learned that at school. Oh, no. Um, yeah. But we've been talking about The Charm Offensive. It is by Allison Cochran. Um, and yes, my name is Brendan Patrick. That's Sophie Green yawning in front of me. It's late. <laughs> it's late. We have a long day. And you've been listening to the Superlit Podcast. Outro music. I wonder if I picked that up. It probably did. It probably picked that up.